Okay, so we'll go ahead and get started now. Uh, so thank you all for joining us for Horizon Weekly Insider number 159. I apologize for the text error on the title. Um, today is Monday, no November 7th, and thank you all for joining us. Please be aware that the call is being recorded and will also be available for you to check out later in Horizon Podcasts. Also, please remember to ask your questions for the team on Mentee. The link will be pinned into our spaces shortly. Uh, so let's kick it off with our product department. Welcome, Victor. Thanks, Erica. Thanks for having me. Um, we have decided to add a few milestones in the usual slide that I'm sharing right now. Uh, it's just for visibility and to better share the progress uh, of DVM sidechain. Uh, circling back to an issue we reported last week, the issue that stopped us from deploying other dApps, it was linked to the lack of an exposed WebSocket interface, and um, I'm glad to say that uh, the, WebSocket, the WebSocket was developed and is ready to deploy. It's a prototype, so it's not the final version of it, but uh, at least we will not be blocked anymore from deploying dApps. And I saw it working on Friday morning. Uh, also, the sidechain we have now in testnet is working with 12 seconds of block time. Uh, with these two good news, we unblock, uh, as I was mentioning before, the deployment of new dApps. And uh, the first in line is the NFT marketplace. And uh, of course, we will, we will go forward with the uh, smart contracts team that is helping us testing the VM sidechain with their fork of Uniswap. We've made also significant progress on the documentation. We are about to approve uh, the integration guidelines uh, that will be shared as the first document. And uh, we, are finished, uh, we are finishing writing the report for uh, what happened with Web3.js because uh, as was shared last week, we are now compatible with that as well. And um, the milestone we are currently using, uh, it's internally called, and you can find it on GitHub, reported as a tag called uh, Milestone2v2. But let's see what also NG has got. Bye. Thank you so much, uh, Victor, and happy Monday, everyone. So uh, quick uh, updates regarding Token Mint. Uh, we have finalized the audit findings. They have been reviewed. And I'm very happy to say that the main at release preparations are ongoing. So uh, the team is working on that, and I hope to have uh, very good news uh, really, really soon. So that's uh, great. On the EVM tool support, uh, we are now um, adding a, the sidechain faucet UI. And please remember that this is for uh, people use and users to test, um, to get uh, TZen straight from Cobalt and also do some uh, testing uh, from there. The sidechain faucet is itself, it's being uh, tested uh, internally and was uh, uh, demoed uh, last week as well uh, to the broader team. Um, the EVM website, the designs are still in progress and just uh, finalizing a lot of the design and, and contents for that. And as Victor mentioned, uh, the EVM documentation um, documents, there are several, several different documents that are being reviewed right now. Uh, but we are uh, certainly preparing the MVP documents for the first release. So I'm um, very excited for that and, and happy to, to be able to support those efforts. Um, that's it from, from my side. Thank you so much. And back to you, Erica. Thank you, Angie. And now I would like to welcome Roberto from the engineering team. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Erica. 
And so let's start with the engineering updates. And I will start with Blaze. We have released the 050 and uh, we include bug fixes from the EVM M2 testing. And also it's an updated dependency with our uh, Sparks library release candidate nine. Uh, key rotation feature, we are coding, reviewing Python test, and the target release is 060 for this feature. We are also reviewing the final review is in progress of the uh, all the code changes. And regarding the cross sidechain protocol, we are now focusing on uh, enabler, <laughs> to implement an enabler, which will be, uh, okay, all the interface modifications that are needed to sidechain uh, to support this protocol without having the need to redeclare or re-register it once it's up and running. Uh, the audit process of the uh, complete the code baseline is in progress, and uh, uh, we have gathered the first round of feedback. Uh, um, luckily, there are no critical issues that have been found up to now. Um, Okay, also the secure enclave tool, which will allow the uh, SDK to sign a certificate in a secure environment. The code has been completed and there are also, uh, 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 there are also some uh, review with the infrastructure team, which will provide all, okay, all the supporting infrastructure to, uh, um, to build this feature. DBM, uh, Testnet has been updated. Okay. As Victor said, we have the milestone two version two uh, version. Uh, collaboration with the smart contract team is ongoing and we are testing and fixing all the bugs that uh, came out from the uh, past session. Uh, again, there is an internal total review. Uh, the, the team called it a mega review of the SDK code, ba code, uh, code base again. And, uh, we are now categorizing, prioritizing, and assign, okay, estimating also all the findings of this uh, big review. Regarding the main chain, the proof verifier interface of the code changes needed to manage side chain with key rotation have been completed. Regarding the feature of non-seasonable side chain, we have reverted the quality settings, remember? It was a field that was cryptographically enforced to zero, and now it's the original code has been uh, restored. Uh, we are now also focusing on the specific um, aspect of the code changes needed to manage key rotation. Uh, okay, the verification in batch of certificates improve, and now we are deep diving into all the security concern that may arise with the interaction for with this new feature that has been introduced. Uh, regarding improving system, we have two main work streams. One is based on Pronky2, and we are writing the design document with the essential implementation details of the uh, prototype implementing endless recursion. Uh, so it will not be a prototype anymore, it will be something, uh, the aim is to be something uh, ready for a PR, an official PR. And we are working on Optimize matrices for the Poseidon hash and evaluating it, uh, other hash function, hash function for the risk zero verifier. And we are also writing a proof of concept of a Plonky2 verifier for risk zero based proof. So this is the other work stream for risk zero. And uh, the last update for the proving system team is the working on the generation of a risk zero based proof 
using a coprocessor that was previously uh, implemented by the set team. And that's where my update and uh, back to you. Thank you, Roberto. And now I'd like to welcome Lucy for the marketing updates. Thank you, Erica. Uh, happy Monday, everyone. So uh, the token and NFT competition has started uh, last week. So this is to celebrate the upcoming uh, NFT functionality mainnet release, uh, Andrew just mentioned, so it will happen very soon. Uh, the competition is done on the testnet and it's completely free to enter. So uh, you simply need to create a super cool NFT art and uh, create uh, an NFT with it on TokenMid testnet which is really easy to do with our no-code NFT, NFT uh, generator. We also provided some step-by-step -step guides if you need some extra help. Uh, and our community will be the judge to choose uh, winners. And the voting will take place on our Discord. So the price includes the mainnet NFT launch fee and reimbursements, uh, Zen price, and uh, as well as Punk's token. So other than potentially winning uh, the competition, you know, by just participating in it will help you learn and get familiar with uh, uh, the NFT launch process on our tokenments. So the NFT function, uh, when the fin uh, NFT function is live on mainnet, uh, you will be ready to go. Um, just more on tokenments is the uh, uh, Punks token, the first meme token uh, created on tokenments. So there's an opportunity to join a uh, punks token drop list uh, and the drop pool is 500,000 uh, punks token. So details are on punks token uh, Twitter. So for those who, you know, didn't get a chance to join the initial airdrop, this will be your opportunity. Um, also, our ecosystem partner Pipeflare is hosting a Cobalt Wallet competition. So they will airdrop tokens to all eligible users if the uh, uh, token, uh, sorry, Cobalt Wallet connection is reached 4,000 on uh, Pipeflare. So I think the number is, is rising pretty quickly and they're getting pretty close. So after connect the wallet on Pipeflare, you know, not only will you be able to receive this airdrop uh, price, uh, you will also be able to play the Punk's Hero game on there, uh, be able to collect more, uh, more tokens and uh, compete on the monthly leaderboard to win extra rewards a lot of good things you know but first you need to download the cobo wallet and connect it on uh, pipeflare uh, lastly but not the least we have published all zenkong zero session videos on youtube including tech talk sessions i know a lot of people have been asking about that so you know for those of you uh, who are interested in some of the latest uh, technology our engineering team is working on, such as uh, uh, cross uh, cross site chain interoperability, zkVMs, and also Horizon EVM marketplace with a demo. You know, really a lot of exciting early insights. So I strongly recommend that you check them out uh, and uh, leave your comments and questions under the videos. That's it from me. Back to you, Erica. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, so now I'd like to welcome Vano for BD updates. Thank you, Erika. Happy Monday, everyone. So as you know, generally, we are not spoiled with many new integrations in bearish markets, but at the same time, it is also a good time to improve our existing partnerships and integrations. And on that note, OKX recently added 
then to their savings account, which means that they will give you rewards for keeping them with them, basically. OKX is a huge global exchange and number two for Zen by volume after Binance. So having a new Zen-related product, new use case with them is always a positive thing as it provides more more use cases for our large community there. And I would like to thank OKX team for that. That's all for BD updates for today. Back to you, Eric. Thank you. And now I'd like to welcome Rob for the leadership insights and Q&A session. All right. All right. Uh, okay. The first thing I was going to say was um, how cool it's going to be to have NFTs on Token Mint and Horizon or NFTs and Horizon and that's happening with Token Mint imminently. So <laughs> I know I said the same thing last week, but guys, imminently uh, does mean imminently here, at least from what I've been seeing internally. Um, okay, so that's going to be cool, and I uh, can't wait for some collections to spin up on there, and, um, you know, this opens up a new door for Horizon, the ecosystem. I will say, uh, I wanted to make some, or take a, a little bit of time to talk about some of the, the technical leadership and organization happening, you know, in the engineering group in particular, uh, all geared towards just organizing the foundational things that need to happen to get this EVM to market, I know we, you, you heard uh, some really good updates and 12-second block time. Victor, you blew me away again. Uh, really cool to hear that because that's actually a competitive EVM in the market, which wasn't exactly what we were planning to go live with when we first kicked off this project. But it's pretty amazing to see that that's now functioning on, on the testnet uh, today. So what's going on in terms of the organizational stuff and just the tech leadership. So Zane's just doing a fantastic job, I would say, organizing the foundational elements of this delivery. And it may sometimes go a little bit uh, unnoticed or maybe people don't recognize just the implications of getting this EVM project to market means a lot for all aspects of our stack. So including, especially, maybe very importantly, uh, our main chain. And there's some big stuff going on in the main chain Right now, to support the EVM, that needs to be squared away. Uh, the SDK, obviously, so we're working towards an SDK version that we'll use for the EVM, SDK version 0.7.0. Um, the circuit, and you guys know over the last uh, couple of months, we've been talking about upgrading the circuit from the original one that we were planning, uh, and the EVM chain itself. So these are four components, like really big technology foundations for this EVM project going to market, going to mainnet. So when we talk about getting the EVM to mainnet, it's not just the EVM chain itself. It's the circuit. It's the SDK on top of which is built. It's the, the modifications that have to happen to the main chain to support a competitive EVM. We could have gone live probably even by now with an EVM. Uh, if we want, if the point of this project were to get a POC EVM to market, we probably could have done it already. Uh, but that's not the point of the project. The point of this project is to actually make Horizon an important smart contracting platform. Uh, so to do that, we need to have you know a, a strong degree of stability across these four different technical components, and to have a whole go-to-market strategy, you know, independent of just the technology. So we're talking about product positioning. We're talking about value propositions. We're talking about integrations. We're talking about partnerships. We're talking about getting a whole bunch of DApps and smart contracts live on the system. Uh, so now what's happening is we're working on the tech foundations and Zane and his teams are doing a fantastic job with that. Uh, we're also integrating in the, or we're shooting for integrating in the sidechain to sidechain protocol that gives cryptographic provable, provable bridging between chains for digital assets. 
which we've just decided is a key part of the value proposition for Horizon. And we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it, at least putting in the interfaces so that we don't have to upgrade or re-register the EVM chain. If we if it goes live without sidechain, the sidechain integrated in itself, it'll at least have the technical placeholder so that we can upgrade the chain without re-registering the chain. I know some nuance here, but really important nuance for the user perspective. We don't want to launch a chain and then later on, because we upgrade something important, like adding sidechain to sidechain functionality, which has to happen, we don't want to have to basically scrap that chain you know, after potentially getting some TVL, smart contracts, dApps deployed and so forth and tell users, tell developers, tell other you know, potential organizations using it that we're scrapping it and re-registering another EVM chain because it's missing an important functionality. So that's why we have a very, you know, call it complex, more so than complicated, a complex um, strategy here that involves many moving parts and each of these parts has risk. Yes, I'm basically prepping you guys out there in the community for like, you know, uh, we, we have target dates and we, we have target dates for the public test night and we have call it a fuzzier target date for the mainnet deployment. I think what Zane's having everyone focus on now because of the needs to have stability in all of these different components, we're focusing everything on the public test net delivery and we're going all in as an organization to make that happen on schedule. And the schedule for that's going to be uh, roughly middle of January. So middle to, I think it's third week of January. And of course, there's always risk in all of these things, guys, but that's when we're targeting the uh, public test not delivery. And that's where kind of all hands are focused on now. Now that said, that's on the technical side. And there's just so much work there from the infrastructure to the key management to the secure enclave to all of those other pillars that we discussed already. But then on the go-to-market side, where we're looking at the business and marketing aspects to make this a usable platform from the user's perspective, and in particular, dev users, we're integrating in all of those things that are important in the Ethereum ecosystem, at least the foundational stuff that's important from you know, MetaMask to Etherscan we mentioned to you know a variety of other dev tools um, just to make the experience as seamless as possible for people who want to use this chain. We also have um, like a, a faucet to give away... Uh, test Zen to developers who want to experiment early with the system and, and just in general for developers who want to build on our testnet environment, we're going to give away Test Zen. And I believe the faucet model, the faucet is working for sure. I don't know if it's been publicly released yet or what the timing is on that. But just to show this is another element of getting the system out there and usable for people. And we're going to try to do this as quickly as possible into the testnet environment. Rather than making it perfect, we're going to have it sufficient to hit that testing environment. And that's where we're going to beat it up, guys. And we're going to want you guys to participate. We want you guys to come in and try to beat it up as well. And by beat it up, I mean have fun and try to do what you would do anyway in an Ethereum environment. And let's see what happens. Um, so, guys, that, that's about it uh, that I want to mention here on this call. We can open it up to Q&A. Otherwise, it's uh, a lot of business as usual as an organization, but it's uh, fun stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Uh, so for the top three questions of the week, the first one is, I'm excited to see the progress on Horizon EVM. When will be when will we be able to test it out? Public test night, guys. So uh, roughly middle of January, middle to third week of January is when we're targeting. Uh, again, like, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but we're going to try to get this out there as quickly as possible and focus really all of our efforts to make that happen. Great. Uh, so for the second question is, what is next for Zen nodes? Are you considering 
a transition to POS and utilize secure and super nodes for it? Uh, so for sure, we need to have a real conversation as a community about what we're going to do in terms of like staking node operations, incentivization schemes for the various parts of our ecosystem that are evolving. So as an example, and, and this is just one example, there, there's no Zen IP yet against it. But one idea that we're hearing floated is why don't we think about an incentivization pool for the EBM chain or for side chains in general, but in particular, like an incentive pool of Zen that comes off the, the block reward for Horizon on the main chain to go into a pool to incentivize operations for the EBM chain. Um, that's a pretty cool one. Now, there's some politics around that from which segment of the block reward pool does this come from. Uh, one person who, who mentioned it um, was, was saying maybe this is a, a nice opportunity to refactor the super nodes and actually revector that reward pool into the EBM chain and actually revector that entire program into the EBM chain. And, uh, you know, this kind of does, or it is consistent with the original vision for our super nodes and that they're, they would be tasked to do more than just secure nodes. So right now we, we have requirements like increased hardware requirements for super node operators, but maybe now is the time where we consider a Zen, a Zen app to restructure the entire program and have them run both the main chain node and the EBM node uh, is just an example. Now, I think as a community, we need to have a deeper conversation about how do we think about this? What kind of framework would we have around the, just really the economics of the entire system? How do we use the economics that exist to subsidize what we want? Um, so there's a lot to, to unpack there. And, and I would say I am personally sympathetic to you know, rethinking things a bit. Uh, but I, I believe in like uh, you know, in economics, we say per the optimal solution. We want it to be a win-win for any particular group that we um, you know shift things from. Okay, and for the third and final question of the week, it it is a bit of a harder one. Uh, so the question is, how is Zendu sidechains competing with other layer one blockchains like Cosmos, Avalanche, and others? Hmm. It's a question I just got on the call before this. They made me late to this call. Uh, so that was exactly the same question. So it's no doubt that we have strong competition in the industry. There are other projects that are more established, have more market share because they got their smart contracting platforms out there earlier than we did. Um, and I think the ones that are going to be uh, most adjacent to us in the competitive space are those that offer these uh, sidechain architectures because yeah, it just makes sense, right? To be able to have your own dedicated infrastructure or your own dedicated chain, your, your L1, that does, you know, wh whether it's an L1 for a particular regulatory regime or whether it's uh, an L1 for a particular function, there's a variety of cases for why L1s on top of L0 are nestled within L0 systems like Cosmos and Polkadot and Horizon makes sense. So how we differ right now is with the Zendu protocol. So we, we have a snark-based interoperability protocol, Zendu, that it helps us network chains that way, which we think is just much more scalable and ultimately substantially lower cost than other competitors out there. An example that I think makes it clear is Polkadot has a restricted set of like certifier slots, para, uh, parachain slots. And because they're restricted and, you know, good for them, there's high demand for these parachains. There's actually a very competitive and expensive marketplace for bidding on your parachain slot. So anyway, that, that's expensive to do it that way. And, and we pitch uh, potential customers of the Horizon ecosystem 
on our alternative solution, especially when we get that EVM out there where it's just dirt cheap relatively. Like you're not bidding against anyone else for your sidechain slot. You just get it. You use the interoperability protocol, you launch your chain and that's it. You don't have to ask us for permission. You don't have to go to a competitive marketplace where you're bidding millions or tens of millions of dollars for your slot. Um, no, that, that's one easy example that I think makes it pretty salient on um, one competitor. There are others, including uh, Cosmos. And as an ecosystem, guys, I, I think it's time for us to think about differentiation. Differentiation can be done on technology, and Zendu is different. Um, but still, like we need to think through you know, value propositions, differentiation. What are we going to be the ecosystem that's known for? Uh, or what, what will we be known for as an ecosystem relative to others out there? We are thinking deeply about it. But I think, uh, again, if you're joining these, these weekly insiders, you probably care enough to participate in the conversation. So I think you should. Fantastic. Well, that is it for the top three questions of the week. Thank you all so much for joining us for this weekly insider. We'll be back again next Monday. And thank you all and have a good week. Goodbye.